Welcome back. Good to see you, Richard. Happy 2023. And again, yes, 2023. Um, here we go. Launched into another another year. Another, um, yes. Yep. Here, we, here we go again. <laughs> this, the holiday season seems so far away, doesn't it? It does. It seems like it was a month ago. Long, right. Long ago. It's only been a week, uh, but schools are back in session. Yep. Um, everybody's, everybody's settling into the new year. Yeah, absolutely. And today we're going to talk about an, an issue that's not necessarily related to the new year, but it's something that we see here in the office um, in our practice quite often. Um, and it's an issue related to a very common diagnosis of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And, um, you know, one of the things that we've noticed is that over the last couple of decades, really, there has been a significant increase in the number of um, patients who feel like and come to the office with questions regarding um, ADHD, especially right. in adults. Uh, yeah, we're, here we're talking about adult ADHD. Adult onset ADHD. Right. Um, and I think we could expand it a little bit to include adult and sort of late adolescent right. ADHD because we, we get a lot of juniors and seniors in high school who right. come in and are looking for a first-time diagnosis of ADHD. And uh, that it's just been a significant increase um, right. in the past couple of decades. Right. Yeah. So between um, there, there are some studies that the uh, federal government, National Institutes of Health, uh, have undertaken. And it says between 1994 and 2009, there was a six-fold increase in adult patients who were prescribed stimulants. So right. diagnosis made and stimulants prescribed. And among uh, non-psychiatrists, uh, psychologists who don't prescribe, there's been an eightfold increase. So for some reason, there's this enormous increase in the number of adults who are being diagnosed with ADHD. Mm -hmm. And it's not only in the United States, there was also a study in, in London that, that uh, found that 49% of the adults um, believe that their attention span is shorter than it used to be. Right. And that uh, this notion of deep thinking, the ability to focus and concentrate um, is becoming a thing of the past. So not just in this country. So in other countries and in other industrialized countries, there's been this increase that there seems to be something wrong with my ability to focus and attend. Right. Okay? Absolutely. So the, the important question that this raises or, or a question embedded in these statistics is, um, are the rates really increasing, mm -hmm. um, which I'm not sure they really are, but are they increasing or is modern life, especially technology, is it stealing our attention? Is it reducing our capacity to attend? Okay. Um, certainly that's the case with parents and teachers who are, I think, I think the right word is probably convinced mm -hmm. that students are less and less able to focus and concentrate on schoolwork and homework right. with the advent of, of electronic technology that, that parents and teachers are seeing a decrease in students' ability to focus and attend um, to um, schoolwork and homework. Absolutely. And I think because I think that that's one of the biggest um, complaints or biggest things that we hear people talk about is, well, you know, it's because they're on their device all the time. It's because 
They, um, you know, kids just can't pay attention like they could anymore. Right. They used to be able to. And in that something in, in life today is, is stealing that from them, stealing that ability from them to be able to focus and attend and concentrate in the way that they need to. And so, you know, it, it does make sense that they have this concern, but we're going to talk about it slightly differently. So I think that it is important to, to consider, um, you know, we, we can't find causality with anything, right? We can't say, well, technology causes ADHD, just like we can't, can't say sugar causes ADHD. Um, right. That was the argument back, you know, four or five decades ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, it's important that we look at this. That's right. Is there, what is the relationship between technology and diminished attention, decreased attention span? What is that relationship? Is technology to blame? Or, right. you know, so is, is that the reason is it because of technology that the rates of adult ADHD are going up? You know, is, is the technology to blame? And as it turns out, there is a woman who's written a book, uh, published. It, it's got a 2023 publishing date, so it's a recent publication. Her name is Gloria Mark, and she's written a book called Attention Span, Finding Focus for a Fulfilling Life. And we don't, I haven't read the book yet, but there was a, a great explanation of the book in um, The Guardian yeah. publication from the United Kingdom. Now, Gloria Mark it works in the U.S. She teaches at the Uni- University of California. Um, she has been research- researching human-computer interaction and technology's effects on our day-to-day lives since the 1990s, so actually since the since most of us started using uh, personal computers. And so she has been studying this uh, computer human interface and the effects um, that technology has on um, human functions. And we posted um, a website uh, that you can go to and find the article, Um, but we're gonna, but but this this, uh, podcast is really a discussion of the major points that she makes in her book. Right. And I think it speaks to and it really does um, directly address this issue of is the technology causing us to lose our capacity to attend, to focus and attend. Right. And, and I think it's important to start out from the beginning that with ADHD, there are clear diagnostic criteria mm-hmm. um, for what constitutes ADHD. And, and part of that is that there has to be impairment. Um, and identified symptoms and, and impairment prior to the age of 12. Right. So it doesn't matter how old you are or what you're experiencing. If you weren't, to, if you didn't have those symptoms and characteristics prior to the age of 12, then it's technically it's not ADHD. And, right. and I think that we, we have to remember that because people have a hard time um, recognizing that. And, and so we throw the diagnosis out there a little bit. Uh, too readily when we, when a patient comes in and, um, you know, I know that I always ask, you know, what was it like in elementary school and middle school? And, you know, invariably they'll say it was okay. It was fine. Um, Oh no, I did. I did just fine. Then Um, it wasn't until more recently that this happened, that happened. And okay, well, then it's not necessarily ADHD, but that's right. So, so there's that point. And then the other point is that there's sort of two camps when it comes to this, right? There is the camp that says um, the technology 
um, is stealing our ability to focus. The, the technology is making it to where we lose our ability to concentrate and sustain attention. Mm-hmm. And there's another camp that says, well, ADHD aside, you can't be distracted from something unless you want to be. Right. right. Um, and, and I, you know, this, this writer, uh, Mark, she doesn't think either of those things are correct. Right. That's right. Most people, most people think of, of it in that way. They have this binary, this bipolar way of looking at it, either that yes, technology is stealing it. On the other hand, people say, Hey, wait a minute. It's not the technology. You know, you're the one who's using the technology and you're going down these rabbit holes and you're the one who's distracted by it. You could choose not to be distracted. Right. But you're choosing to be, and we're going to talk about that. And, and, it's really a fascinating point that her research has discovered when it comes to you want to be distracted because most many people would disagree with that and say, no, I don't want to be. I get drawn into it. Right. I get sucked into this technology and it happens so fast that I have to keep up. But she makes an interesting point. We're going to discuss those. We're going to we're going to we're going to focus on four major points that she makes in her book. And one of them is is that idea that you're choosing to be distracted. But yeah. she says, no, it's not an either or. It's neither the technology or is it that you want to be. There's something there's something else that we need to consider. Right. So so the first point she makes is that, our, you know, our digital lives have evolved so fast. Right. Um, and and. We're still trying to catch up, really, um, to catch up with the safeguards to protect ourselves from the technology that we've developed. Right. That right. We now- you know, in, a, in, a, in less than a 20-year span, you know, when you think of, of computers, right. you know, how quickly and how quickly the Internet has changed. It would be like the Wright brothers flew their plane and then 10 years later we were putting people on the moon. You know, and you can take any technology, you know, TV where TV was this little tiny box on a, on a cabinet uh, filled with, with uh, tubes. And suddenly we're doing Netflix, you know, like 10 years later, we're doing Netflix, you know, um, it, no technology has, has uh, evolved so quickly as the internet. Well, I, and I was thinking about the, um, I was thinking about this the other day that when I was in graduate school, you know, the year 2000 doesn't seem like that long ago. Right. I mean, it was 23 years ago, but it doesn't seem right. like that long ago. But when I was in graduate school, when, when I first started, um, I, w- I had a filing cabinet that was full of articles for my dissertation and thesis that I was um, collecting because even in 2000, we had to go to the library and make copies from journal right. articles. You know, mm-hmm. you actually get the physical journal and make copies. Now we could search for it through databases online and everything, but most articles weren't available as PDFs or you couldn't, you couldn't save them on your computer because it just wasn't available. You still had to go to the physical library and make copies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just in, that was just in 2000. Right. right. Um, now, you know, I, I haven't printed out an article in, in years, unless I wanted to, but there's no filing cabinets. There's none of that anymore because we, we don't need that. Yeah, everything's available online. You know? Right. And so, so, so we have this rapidly developing uh, technology, but we haven't learned, we're still learning how to manage it. Right. right? And, we, and our brains haven't had time to adjust. Um, our brains are <laughs> prehistoric. 
Right. Okay. They're they're used to doing things slowly and methodically and gradually. Um, we have hunter. We have the brain of a hunter and gatherer. Okay. You keep in mind it took ten thousand years. <laughs> Think of this. It took ten thousand years to go from speech to reading. Right. If we want to talk about this technology, okay, ten thousand years. That's how our brain evolves. It evolves slowly over time. Suddenly, there's been this almost by comparison, this almost instantaneous right. leap in technology. I mean, it's it's happened so it didn't take ten thousand years to right. get from uh, that garage in California where um, the Macintosh was created to what we have today. That wasn't ten thousand years. That was that was a couple of decades. Okay, right. and our brains haven't had time to adjust. And she she did a study. This um, Gloria Mark did a study. It's interesting. Right. And you go back to 2000, if you say it wasn't that long ago. Okay. Right. In 2004, using a stopwatch, that's all we had. That was the technology. She found that computer workers shifted their attention every three minutes. So they would work on something in three minutes, they would change. Three minutes, they would change. That was in 2004. 2012, it was 74 seconds. So it went from three minutes. 180 seconds to 74 seconds. Less than half the amount of time. Right. And then by 2021, it was 47 seconds. Our attention shifted every 47 seconds, regardless of what job you were doing or regardless of what your age was. It was it, attention shifted every 47 seconds. And I, if, if you ever, do you ever watch Turner Classic movies? No. No. Of course, if you watch a Turner classic movie from the 20s or 30s or even the 40s, cameras were too big to move then. And so they were stationary. And so the the image on the screen stays on the screen for a very long period of time. Mm -hmm. It would shift to another camera, but it would stay on the screen for a long. If you want to do if you want to check this yourself, watch a Turner classic movie from the 30s count how many seconds the image stays on the screen, then go to a recently broadcast TV program and count how many seconds the image stays on the screen. So even in TV, it's shifting within seconds, not within minutes. You can measure turning classic movies in minutes. Right. Today, it's, it's in seconds that the, the screen keeps changing. So our attention span, our shortening attention span is shaping the media and the media in turn is shaping our attention span. Okay? Right. Yeah. Today's students and today's students don't want to plod through a, a curriculum, a skill at a time. Right. That's how we went to school. That's not how kids go to school today. Kids go to school today by snatching bits and pieces of information as they need it when they want it. Yeah. They're not interested in the scope and sequence. Learning has become simultaneous. You right. learn a bunch of stuff that you want to learn and you ignore the rest of it. That's right. not how we learned. We, right. You went in every day and you learned that material each day. That's right. not how kids learn today. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, that's how they learn through YouTube and everything else. Right. Is just you, learn, you go in and learn the skill that you want. You don't necessarily learn the theory and everything behind it. Right. The way mm -hmm. That they want you to do in school. But yeah, it takes way too long. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, the second point that she makes is that we are, we are not equally susceptible. Right. Uh, she doesn't believe that everyone 
has the same susceptibility to losing our attention um, in the way that some might suggest. Right. Um, There are studies, she's done studies where she said, if a person scores high on urgency or impatience, you know, I want to get a type A or neuroticism, the shorter their attention span. So not everybody is equally affected by this. And we tell parents all the time, some kids can handle this technology. Some Mm -hmm. don't have any problem with it. Uh, Some adults can handle the technology. Many can't, okay? The the problem that that the internet poses is that our brains work by, um, pursuing semantic networks. In other words, if I if I go in and say tree, then my brain goes to oak tree, maple tree, elm tree, leaves, roots, bark, and, and there's this semantic web that I create. That's what our brains do. And that's exactly what the internet does. It, it mirrors how our brain works. The other thing about humans is we are we are always curious. We by nature we're curious. We're we're always moving forward. Um, when we fall, we fall forward, but we're always looking forward. Um, so we're curious by nature. Well, that's what a rabbit hole is, isn't it? I right. mean, it's perfectly suited to satisfy our curiosity. And we say, wow, I got into this, went down a rabbit hole. And four hours later, I was still fooling around on the internet. That's right, because it satisfies a basic um, a basic part of who we are, a basic part of our species. Right. It's just what we want to do. It's just what what we want to do. That's right. Right. And then finally, stress and exhaustion diminish our self-control. So if we're stressed, if we're exhausted, we tend to lose our we lose our ability to attend and focus. And so the more time we we pursue these things at a very high level, uh, especially when we get into focus or flow, that our ability to our ability to attend will diminish, but also our ability to control what we're doing will diminish because right. our our default setting is pursue, 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 answer those questions, see what's next. Right. Yeah. So so basically, um, not being equally susceptible, there there right. are temperamental and personality traits that each right. of us have that may make us more or less susceptible to some of this. Right. But again, in the end, it's important to remember that our brains are made in such a way that they want to explore. They want to they want novelty. They want to um, delve deeper. Um, And so when we have those rabbit holes and that's why they call it clickbait and those kinds of Mm -hmm. things, because you're looking at something and then all of a sudden here's a little um, nugget of information over here. (laughs) Well, how is that related? And you just start following those rabbit holes. And I think you're your point about flow is important because that is sort of what happens is you just get into this, um, this series of clicks that take right. you to different places and you lose track of time because. Yeah. Imagine if you're, right. Imagine if you're 15 years old and you're on TikTok or YouTube and you're, or, or any one of these, um, any one of these, these uh, places and you're saying, Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's neat. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go, Oh, this looks good. This looks good. This, no, it's time to do your algebra. Okay. Right. The right. difference, one is so completely in sync with how your brain works. And the other is the complete opposite, because now you have to stop what is natural and enjoyable and shift to what is unnatural and 
quite literally very dull and boring and your your brain starts to switch off okay so yeah the, the, there's a battle between those things the other point she makes and i was fascinated by this and the next one points three and four yeah we have become accustomed to to being we have become so accustomed to being interrupted that we now interrupt ourselves yeah and this was a completely new thought for me, okay? And as we learn to deal with this technology, we have to begin thinking about it differently. And one of the points she makes is that we now interrupt ourselves. What she found was that people go to email more than they go to social media to right. interrupt themselves, okay? Right. They check their email 77 times a day. One person checked his hundreds of times a day. Okay. And 41% were doing it on their own accord. They weren't doing it because they were getting pings or they were getting notifications. They just stopped what they were doing and they went to check email. Right. Nobody told them, nobody prompted them. They weren't getting any notifications. So even if your notifications are off, you can't escape these internal triggers that are now moving you. Remember, you have a 47 second attention span. Right. Okay, that's what's happened. We have this very short attention span and about every 47 seconds, something inside you says, go someplace else, right. check, check and see, check, check and see what else is going on about every minute. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. what we're battling. Yeah. And so a lot of that comes from internal sources. It's not, <laughs> it's not um, somebody doing that to us. It's not something happening to us from the external world. That's internal to us. It's and what so, our brains do. Right. And so when parents say, you know, well, I, if he just turns his phone off or right. if, if she would just turn off her notifications or this, then she would stay focused. Well, maybe or maybe not. Um, there's still there's still the internal world that that distracts us. But, you know, right. you, you mentioned points three and four. Um, three was very interesting, but four is also very interesting because four is the most fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, again, we have this 47 second uh, attention span, um, but we we maintain it by interrupting ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. But she argues that this could be an adaptive mechanism. Right. Right. Um, and, and so much of what we do may not be very conducive to flow because right. you know, we, we've talked many times before on the podcast about the importance of flow and how good that is. Um, but she saying that maybe not. Right. Right. I found this to be the most fascinating part of this, that if you follow her logic, she says, first of all, we have a diminished attention span. It's, right. it's very, very short. Bernie, you remember, we used to teach this. We said that attention span is correlated to chronological age right. so that a five-year-old has about a five-minute attention span and an eight-year-old has about an eight-minute attention span it doesn't go beyond 10 minutes a 10-year-old has a 10 but a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old and a 20-year-old all have about a 10-minute attention span right. and there were many studies done that taught us that students tend to pay attention for the first few minutes of a college class for the first four or five minutes and they sort of drift and daydream and they come back and tune in at the end of the class to get their assignment. Okay. We've been teaching that for years. All right. 
I think what the difference here, what 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 this person is saying is that it's not a 10 minute attention span anymore. It's probably closer to a one or two minute attention span, regardless of your age. And you're constantly um, distracting yourself. You're constantly interrupting yourself. And one of the reasons she believes that we do that is because very intense work, regardless of what type of work you're doing, is is exhausting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she says, you know, if you're if you're doing a serious writing assignment, how long can you maintain that high level of cognitive focus, that cognitive attention? How long can you maintain it? Um, I probably just for a couple of minutes. And then you sort of you sort of give yourself a break, okay? Mm -hmm. And then you come back to it, okay? Because she says that mindless uh, diversions, such as um, going on the internet or playing a game, she, she mentions Candy Crush or some other mindless thing, playing solitaire or something, uh, even scrolling through social media, is the kind of time wasting or time time wasting activity that we that actually serves a valuable function. We think of it as a waste of time, but actually it's our way of giving our brain a break so that we can go back and work at this very high, very intense level. Right. And she said, it's no more possible to, to maintain that intense focus than it is to, for 12 or 15 or 18 minutes than it is to do anything else for 12 or 15 or 18 minutes. You wouldn't, she said, the example she used is you wouldn't lift weights without taking break. You take breaks, you do a set and you take a break and you do a set and you take a break. And she said, we do the same thing cognitively. You work intensely and you take a break and you work intensely and you take a break. And, and yet we expect ourselves to be able to sit and focus for long periods. And we certainly expect students to sit and focus for long periods. And it's probably an unrealistic expectation given where we are with this technology. Yeah. Yeah. So, so as we, as we look at these different points, I, I think some things that we need to pull from this and, and where we need to go with it is that, you know, we, we have technology and, you know, as we were, as we were prepping for the um, podcast, you said, we can't put the genie back in the bottle. Right. We should. We need to stop talking about getting rid of technology, tech, right. getting rid of the social media, getting rid. It, that's not going to happen. Right. Um, you know, barring some apocalypse or something, <laughs> technology isn't going anywhere. It would have to right. be some. The, the infrastructure is there is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But let's let's think about it in intent in, in an intelligent way and, and right. think about how to use it to our benefit. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I think, a, a, as she wrote in that that last point. Um, you know, it's, it's what we're driven to do. Um, we are driven to explore different things and look for those rabbit holes. Um, but, but it's also just part of what's important for us. Sometimes we need that little bit of a distraction. Sometimes we need that little bit of a reset to get back on track. And so Mm. we take a minute, we do some, now we have to be disciplined about that. You can't go off and play candy crush for two hours and then yeah right mm-hmm. we have to be a little bit disciplined by it um but let's use it to our benefit right right and we have this technology we 
we have a shortened attention span, we need to take more frequent breaks. And so what you have to do is you have to schedule yourself differently than you did before. When the world moves slowly, you know, uh, two generations ago in the 50s or the 60s, um, kids would go to school and there would be this very structured, methodical way of doing things. That world is over. That world is gone. It no longer exists. Okay. So what you have to do now, if you're an adult and you have control of your schedule, you have to obey what she calls your chronotype. Right. If you work best in the morning, then that becomes your productive time. If you work best at night, that becomes your productive time. I don't get much done in the late afternoon. It's just right. not a productive, and I can't work at night. I've never been able to do much work at night. Right. So I do all my work early in the morning because that's my most productive time. And I don't try to do, I don't try to force myself to do things other times of the day. I also have had to learn how to schedule my downtime. Right. You need to take breaks. There's no activity that you should do over and over and over and over and over for long periods of time. Even uh, manual laborers take breaks during the day, okay? Right. Um, you also have to maintain your right to disconnect. Um, that's really important. I think that's, I think every once in a while, you've got to give yourself a break. Just turn everything off, whether it's at night or on a weekend or, I mean, there are many times when I put my phone in another room and I turn it off. And I, I just don't use it because I don't want to be reacting. I want to settle down. I want to relax. And I don't want to be reacting. And I don't feel the need to react. People who know me know that I may not answer my phone. They don't expect me to answer it because they know I'm going to have downtime. Absolutely. And I, and I think that, you know, we, we are all busier than we've ever been. Mm -hmm. um, but we still have to find that time to disconnect and, right. and um, just have some, have some of that downtime and, and really just pay attention to our own attention, you know, mm -hmm. pay attention to and be, be aware of when your attention is at its peak and when you're fading and react and, and adjust accordingly. If your right. attention is starting to fade, take a little bit of a break, do something else and then come back to what it is that you need to do. But you have to be you have to be cognizant of that and, and make those decisions. Right. Yeah. But but please know that, yes, technology has shortened our attention span, but we have also um, we also shorten it ourselves and we are taking more frequent breaks. Um, and, and all of that is OK. Now, with adults, because you have control of your life, you can you can manage this yourself. You know, um, there are there are. Um, People who work better at night than during the day. So you have to know what your um, what your best time of day is. You have to know when you need breaks. You have to take breaks. With children, it's a little more difficult. Right. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be preparing some information on how to manage children's use. Because remember, they're just learning. We're all just learning how to do this. But as we learn, we have to teach our children and our students mm -hmm. how to manage their time. They need to develop an awareness of the kind of stuff that Mark is talking about in her book, and they have to learn how to manage the technology. But they're not getting, they are not going to get rid of their cell phones. Right. It's not going, but they can learn how to manage them. They're not going to get rid of YouTube and TikTok. We have to help them learn how to manage it. We wouldn't want our kids to be lifting weights five hours a day. Okay. So we don't want them on, we don't want them doing anything five hours a day. Right. It's, it's not sustainable. Absolutely. So we have to teach them how to use it and use the technology to their advantage. 
Absolutely. So as we said, there's some links in the show notes to uh, some of the articles that we pulled from today. Um, we encourage you to check those out and come back and, you know, as we talk about some of these issues as they relate to kids and what to do about right. it. All right. Yep. Well, that is it for today. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.